Hey everybody, this is Chad and Mark with I Want to Know, and we have some special guests today, Jason Parks and Candace Parks. How's it going, guys? Good, thanks. Good, good. How are you guys? We're doing excellent. Awesome. Jason Parks is an entrepreneur and an inventor, which I really want to talk to you about. Um, he's an ex-pro boxer and champion, um, and the founder or co-founder of Athletes Hub. Uh, his wife, Candace, personal trainer. Um, work for the Frizzani Group, president of Athletes Hub, and a mom. You betcha. Awesome. I get that all right? No yeah. Mistakes yeah, except Athlete Hub, it doesn't have the S. Athlete Hub. Yeah. I've already been reminded twice. No I'll try worries. to remember for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was super, super interested in the inventor part of what you do. So at 22, you had an invention. What was that? So I used to be in the oil and gas industry, and um, well, steel fabrication was my first um, company. So I uh, went from hockey into welding uh, as a teenager. And uh, then I moved to Alberta when I was 21. And I was contracting my welding truck to the, the oil and gas drilling rigs. And I ended up inventing the hydraulic catwalk. Oh, wow. And so I built one. I rented a little 2,000 square foot shop and built one um, as a prototype. And it worked. So I got a contract to build four more for FI Canada. And then I ended up selling the patent to Franks International. Wow. At the time, probably too much money for my age and whatnot. (laughs) And uh, so then, anyways, I went into... You were balling. Yeah, uh, I was. I was too young to be balling. But so I went into the steel fab business and I ended up owning, um, starting and owning shops all over Alberta, basically. And at one point had the largest um, steel fabrication company in Western Canada, privately owned. Wow. Yeah. What, is it mostly like building skids and stuff for the oil field? Yeah, d- different types of things. I have the last um, thing I did was a tritainer. So it's a convertible C-can, which converts into um, like a, a building three times the size. Wow. So they used oh, them for cool. medical buildings in the Army. And yeah. prior to that was a dual containment uh, it tank for invert drilling fluid. Yeah. So it was a... Um, had two walls in one tank inside of a tank, and um, yeah, so I've had I've 21 patents over the years. Wow! But uh, yeah, then I decided to um, I, when I had enough of the steel fab world, I I got it. I wanted to get out of that business, so I uh, started in the tech business. Cool. And what was that like? Like, do you mean uh, the app that you have now, or was it what? Yes. Else? So during my boxing career, I I um, was tapering out of the steel fabrication business. And um, then uh, decided there was a big problem in the boxing world. So um, I found that through a lot of my training partners. What and, was the problem? Well, the mismatches, number yeah. one, um, finding, finding proper training partners, sparring partners and such. Um, I had a big fight in Vegas, and I, I trained with Mayweather's, um, Floyd Mayweather Sr., my main trainer. So uh, little Floyd, Floyd Jr., was renovating the gym for one of his fights, and I had a big fight also. So... Um, we couldn't train there, so they basically set me up with a bunch of uh, sparring partners mm-hmm. that I needed to I needed to spar a certain amount before my fight, and um, you know these guys are it was basically pure setup, so uh, mismatch and this and that. So I came up with um, an app idea to improve matches and whatnot and find proper training partners. So essentially, in the beginning was. You can um, find anywhere in the world you go, you can find a sparring partner, you can find a running buddy, weightlifting buddy, and such. And um, then it would, you know, work for promoters and matchmakers as well. And then at, at the very end of 2016, I had the, I was introduced to Candice, and and uh, we actually started a relationship and started working together. And 
for one one of my ideas, Candace had about ten. So <laughs> she brought it, she brought athlete up to what it is today, which is all sports, and um, now we're you know we're fully funded. We're going to the the moon in a in a hurry, basically. So nice. we're we're going to be competing against um, Facebook and Instagram, and we're the only thing out there of our kind for sports. So pretty interesting. But for me. Um, you know, it's quite a bit different than the oil and gas industry. So for sure, yeah, I'm yeah. learning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny. So, I was just thinking while you're saying, I'm like, that's a really good idea. Like, I can think of so many times I've had guys come in the gym and be like, okay, who do you guys have in this weight category? Because our gym doesn't have anyone. Right. It's, it's funny. And, yeah. And and there's there's mismatches, and I can tell you this from experience. Um, like, there's there's too many of them, and they're dangerous. Um, people getting hurt, people getting uh, to the point of killed. Actually, it happened in Edmonton. Um, not that long ago. What's his name? Went. Tim. Yeah, Tim. Tim uh, Hegg. Right, yeah, MMA so. fighter, kickboxer. Yeah. So what? I, yeah. So um, he he got offered money, as far as I know, to fight in a boxing match. Yeah. Not a lot of boxing experience, right. but he had a big um, MMA career and whatnot. Yeah. And the the guy he fought was um, a little, you know, quite a bit more developed in the boxing world, and um, you know the the refing and stuff. They just, they don't, a lot of times they don't know the refs and the judges. They, they don't know what a fighter is actually going through because we are trained to, to mask the pain and mask everything. You know what I mean? So yeah. we got to make it look good no matter what. So even if you can't see or you can't stand, you've got to stand and you've got to pretend you can see like you can see. So. Yeah. So no, I, uh, I also heard with Tim that uh, he had a couple uh, knockout fights prior to that in MMA. And then in training, he had been knocked out once or twice as well uh, before the boxing match. So there was just this um, buildup of injury after injury of injury. And, you know, how do you tell whether a fighter's good? You ask them. They're always good, right? Well, well. so that that is actually what Athlete Hub does. And one of the original things was that, um, that we, there's a full history of a fighter's career, so amateur and professional, because right now, um, if I was to fight again, I'm an I'm a undefeated professional boxer, so I would go up against somebody that's also probably undefeated. It would be a big fight. Yeah. Now, I've only had nine amateur fights. I started very late in life. Um, I could go up against somebody that had 300 amateur fights who has a, a different experience level. So um, with Athlete Hub, you have to disclose your full... Um, concussion, knockout history, medical conditions, all of that. And it's the first platform of its kind that actually tracks amateur stats. So it started with amateur boxing and MMA stats, and now it has amateur stats of all sports, all ages. So, um, you know, we have young kids and say our five-year-old is going to, well, he's only four, he's turning five, going to start hockey soon. So if he's really, really good at hockey, he can start being tracked and scouted right now. Yeah. Um, people can watch his whole career. He can post his 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 games, his points, his stats, everything himself, and and it'll basically self track him. And um, yeah, so there's many features like that that we have on Athlete Hub. Um, and and thanks to Candice now, um, we have major new developments for all sports. So. There's a, we have a local guy in Airdrie here that does um, pre-testing for um, giving you a baseline to know whether you've actually been concussed. Because one of the biggest things in, in uh, professional sports is knowing whether they actually have a concussion or not. And the only way to really to tell is if you have a baseline of what a healthy brain looks like and reacts uh, to questions and puzzles and stuff like that. So he does pre-testing. He's trying to get it into all schools so that every kid has a pre-test before they go into any sport at all. Because even... 
you know, gymnastics and, and mountain Soccer, biking. Soccer, road biking, some they're, weird stuff. With yeah. the new studies they're doing on CTE now, they realize, yeah, even guys doing Tour de France are getting, um, I, I can't remember the real term. It's like first. a long-term extended exposure concussion sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that constant vibration of the brain. And I, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, Frost, a hobby MMA trainer, uh, I don't know, I guess a month and a half ago about um, what it's like training people where you know they're going to get injured. And actually, one question I wanted to ask you, Candice, being you knew um, Jason during his pro career, mm-hmm. how does that feel being a person watching your husband or boyfriend at that time getting crushed or, you know, eaten shot? We, if you've ever boxed, you know it, it stinks, right? You're, you're going to get hurt when you're in the ring. We know that's true. So how does it feel being the, the wife-girlfriend of a boxer? Um, not fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's two sides, right? Um, part of me loved it. In the sense that uh, he was doing something he loved. Um, it is a great sport. She was betting um, against me also. So I was betting against him, yeah. So I was making money on the sidelines. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, being that he's uh, what, undefeated. Say 15 and yeah, undefeated. Yeah. I was sure. losing. Yeah. Um, no. Um, it's hard, of course. And, and with the knowledge and the experience about uh, concussions, knowing uh, the risk that Jason was, you know, Taking under. on, yeah, yeah, by going in the ring and sparring. It's never so much about the actual match. It's the lead up to the match. 100%. And um, what a lot of people don't know is when they are sparring and training for upcoming fights, uh, there is a lot of punches to the head. Uh, Let uh, me just put it that way on the side. And more so in boxing than, than any of the other combat sports, right? Very much so. so. is that going with full full sparring then? It's not just your your light spars that you see? In, uh... They like to, I will be the first to say this, say that it's light sparring. Okay, I remember yeah. the very first time I went to the Mayweather gym <laughs> with Jason and he said, yeah, yeah, don't worry. No, we wear headgear and it, it's, it's very light, light sparring. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, sounds great. Um, I got there and no, they... It is Starts part of light. the sport. <laughs> yeah, you get into it and you watch the athletes. They go into their beast mode. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily intentional all the time, but... It's a dude's um, ego. You can't, like, you can't shut it off. You know off. what? You can't shut that off. The no. fighter in you comes out and uh, the sparring becomes a full-on fight match. Yeah, it's yeah. it's light until you eat one, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of pro fighters now talking, especially MMA fighters. I follow MMA much closer than I do boxing, but they're talking now that they're not sparring anymore. So guys like Cowboy Cerrone, GSP, even Woodley and them are talking about, we know how to fight. There's no question about we know how to fight. We're going to drill really good. We're going to get our gas tank in a great place, and then mm-hmm. we're going to go in and fight. You know, Once you've been doing it for 10 years, you're really not going to pick up a lot more in the gym other than injuries. The problem is leading up to those 10 years of experience. That's Unfortunately, it. the yeah. only way within um, combat sports is to actually have that hands-on training, which is the sparring and yeah. what have you. And, and that for me, um, that's where I feel most of the concussions actually happen yeah. is, in the, is, is in the training, no not the actual yeah. matches. Yeah. Going yeah. into a fight, you need, to, you need to go into basically beast mode. You got to turn everything else off. So the lead up to a fight, I mean, if you're not sparring, you're not going to get that. Yeah. You can't just go, you know, hit the bag and whatnot and, and then go into a fight. It's a totally different world, especially with the, the big audience and the cameras and all of the adrenaline. So I'm actually dealing with adrenal fatigue from it, along with some also some concussion issues, yeah. uh, injuries that uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with through some of this, uh, this new technology that's out there that are actually partners on Athlete Hub, so I'm testing and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, what, um, what, Candace is not, yeah. what Candace is not telling you, actually, in, at the Mayweather Gym is we have, uh, we have what Floyd Jr. Um, came up with is doghouse rules. So the eagle, the, eagle runs, the, the eagles run very, very high. So when we, we spar, um, you know, X amount of rounds and whatever, and generally it's, it's pretty good, pretty even sparring, especially there because he matches it by weight and, and skill and everything else. But every once in a while, people butt heads, literally, and, yeah. uh, and, and then it goes to doghouse rules, and that is where there's no rules and the last man standing wins. So your, your trainers, your, your coaches, your trainers, your corner is not allowed to say a word, not allowed to step in. Everybody's quiet. Yeah. Everybody crowds around the ring and it's doghouse rules. Just, so it's dangerous. Yeah. But there's a lot of clubs, and I probably shouldn't say this, but there are a lot of clubs that have these, uh, you know, tweak the rules a little bit. Yeah. So. And it, it is part of... Um, I'm going to say as a woman, but part of having testosterone for sure as a guy. Um, and, and a lot of the times, sure, there is the rule of wearing headgear and keep you both safe. But um, I don't that, know that head gear. gear is not worn, no, no. Um, to be honest. And I understand why I've. I've sparred with Jason numerous times. Um, I do like to hit back, though. Yeah, no, he does <laughs> not hit me back. Let's make that clear. Um, it is a it is a great sport. It yeah. truly is, um, but wearing that headgear actually gets in the way. Hundred um, percent. So, a lot of these guys that are training and and sparring, they're not wearing headgear, so they are taking those full punches to the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in a lot of cases, times, though, you're just adding weight to your head and increasing the likelihood of a neck injury on top of that. Well, and exactly. it's it's not that, but I I actually don't spar with headgear very often unless I have to, unless it's the rules of the gym because of the fact that I'll take uh, probably 30 to 40% more punches wearing headgear because most punches you're missing within an inch or two yeah. and the headgear sticks out almost two inches, inch and a half, two inches. So you are... Changes your the, slip. The concussions yeah. come not from the, you know, how how hard the glove grips your your, your head. It's inside. It's internal. It's your brain rolling in, in inside of your skull like and a marble in a jar exactly so the headgear really doesn't they're actually talking about eliminating it in amateur boxing that would be altogether. fantastic um i don't think it's i think it does more damage than good to be honest because it gives you a false sense of confidence that you know what i can take a shot from this big dude in front of me because yeah. you know because i got headgear on but I would rather take the cuts, and 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 the, the problem without headgear is you you can uh, clash heads and then you get cuts. Yeah. So What's your thought on headgear? Uh, most guys I know will say in the gym, headgear makes you about half as good as you are. It's something whether it's uh, the claustrophobia or some guys tighten the too tight and you're cutting off circulation and air or whatever the excuse is. Uh, do you feel that headgear lowers your skill level beyond like your ability to slip? Obviously, as you mentioned. For me, no. I would say that once I'm in the ring, I'm I'm in, I'm in beast mode. I don't notice it, um, and and generally our headgear is pretty custom fitted. Like we we go through um, several sets of headgear until we find the one that works, and then keep it. Um, if I am going to a gym and there's there's say it's mandatory to wear headgear, and I got to use somebody else's or some of their spares, then then yeah, I don't like it. But I wouldn't say it really changes my skill level a lot. It's once you. Once you have built the skills in boxing or MMA or anything, it becomes a muscle memory. Right. So you, a lot of times, you know, coaches and whatnot are always like, well, you got to have a game plan. you got to think this through. For me, 
I actually would would nap to the point of fall asleep before a fight until I get, get called out, and then it's and then it's just a big surge of adrenaline. And I try to not to do any thinking yeah. because it it'll come to you when once you get punched in the face once. Um, it'll all come to you naturally. Forrest Griffin <laughs> used to say that all the time. The fight didn't start till he got hit. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. The, uh, so w- when you're looking at your boxing training, uh, how did you break it up? How much time was spent sparring? How much time was spent drilling? How much time was spent on like cardio and gas tank? So, uh, you, <laughs> so uh, hence the adrenal fatigue right now is I would uh, generally wake up, uh, run about 10 kilometers, five if I was in a hurry. Now I was you know, raising my kids and running a business as well. I had a great team. But so I'd wake up, I'd get a good run in in the morning. And then uh, sometime around midday, around noon or so, I would do some weightlifting. And, but, but basically uh, with cardio, like nonstop weightlifting, so lighter weights. and um, Lots of reps. Yeah, lots of reps, lighter weights. And then I would usually spar um, three to five days a week in the evenings. Oh, wow. Um, and, but during my weightlifting session in midday, I would box a little too. Like I would yeah. shadow box. If I didn't have a bag handy or I'd hit the bag, then when I sparred, I would do, I would say, I, I would basically, we, I, would, I would go spar with other, a lot of other guys, so we'd switch out. So I would, I would just stay on the bag for as many rounds as I needed to to stay fresh and, and warmed up, and then I would jump in the ring. Generally, when I got in the ring, it would be, I, would, I could be in there for 10 rounds. I don't know. Like, it just depends, right? So... I would uh, when I was fight training, I would I would go into the ring and they would have a fresh opponent for me every two to three rounds, yeah. and I would have to stay in. But that's what you got to do to. It's like the Shark Tank. Yeah, to be at that fight level. So yeah. So and and you got to be you know and it's very sportsman. There a lot of the times they're your buddies and whatnot, and you're trading you're trading bombs, um, and you just can't feel bad about it. You just you know you know you put a guy down and you go have a. I won't say a beer because you can't drink in box. You're not supposed to, but um, a coffee with them after or something like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. It's important to have when you are going to spar that you have people that are there trying to to build you up to help you instead of take you down. And I know a lot of fighters complain that they have sparring partners come in that are trying to make a name for themselves. Especially if you have a belt, everyone's like, "Oh, I just knocked out Jason Park," so that helps their career get to the next level, right? They can say, "Oh, in sparring, you know, I dropped Jason three times, or I did this," and so they're coming in. They're purposely trying to build their own um, resume off of the sparring with the the, the higher ranked fighter, right? Right? Yeah. So you see, way, and I think that's why a lot of guys have stepped away from the actual sparring before fights, especially when you've got 10, 15 years of experience that you're like, this isn't worth it anymore. My, my risk of energy, uh, injury, my risk of not getting paid, the risk of going into the fight compromise, and every fighter fights compromise, but how much, right? Is it 10%? Mm-hmm. Is it 50%? Is it 70%? Because you can hide a lot from the doctors, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see a lot more of these high-end fighters step away from the sparring as much as possible so we don't have so many fighters cutting out last minute from injury and, and everything else. Yeah, I've actually never honestly had a fight where I wasn't injured going into it. And I don't. Injuries are mostly in sparring, including broken ribs. So before a fight, the doctors, um, they, make you, they make you do knuckle push-ups. They actually um, squeeze your knuckles. Uh, the two doctors, um, they will push your rib, ribs in individually. That sucks. Very hard. So you got to, you got to mask the pain. Yeah. Cause otherwise if, if they, if they 
see any any wins, you're you're out. You're not fighting. Yeah. So well, in between injuries and then just weight cut side effects, I don't think anyone's ever fought without something wrong. Well, I was gonna say that how many um, fighters have dropped out recently right before a fight due to the weight cut. This yeah. whole weight cut, you know, system that's happening. I mean, I think uh, one MMA has taken it out now. So um, you have to fight at natural weight. You have to weigh in the day of the fight. Um, your hydration level has to be, uh, I can't remember what percentage it is, but they've let it out that, or they've, they've started it where you don't have weight cuts anymore. Like you can do three, four pounds kind of thing just to be at that, you know, 155 or 170, whatever it is. But there's no more of these 15 pound cuts anymore because the, the risk, the last thing to hydrate is the brain, and uh, the first thing to dehydrate is the brain. So when you're trying to retry, rehydrate after the uh, dehydration, if you don't get enough in, your brain is the one that suffers. So yeah. you know you're literally a marble inside of a jar with no liquid. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would love to see them gut, get rid of weight or not weight classes, uh, weight cutting completely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I 100% agree with that one. You had brought up uh, the adrenaline before, and I think something that a lot of people don't appreciate is when you get into a professional fight, you're not just dealing with a fight. You're dealing with the fact that you're in front of a crowd of people who love or hate, have an opinion about you, and you're about to go in there and potentially not come out conscious. How do you deal with that? How, what's what, what? Does that just go away once the fight starts? You the stage fright's gone, the adrenaline's gone. It's all about the fight, or is that something that you're constantly aware of that you're being watched and judged the whole time by thousands, potentially millions of people? Uh, you're pretty aware of it um, all the way through, but you gotta you gotta love it to be a fighter. So you gotta love the energy of the crowd and and basically the attention. Um, when you know, and you've got to be very confident that. Um, you're, you're going to look good. You don't know, you don't know how you look, but do you hear the oohs and the ahs during the fight? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It'd be like going to a school dance and, uh, not knowing how to, da- you know, not being the best dancer, but having everybody watch you dance and you're the center of the floor. Um, you, you just have to be confident, very, very confident. And then, and then you can feed off the crowd and the energy. Um, you know, I, I haven't really been on the, Others, like, you know, most of my fights have been, been in my favor. All of my fights have been in my favor. Um, so I imagine, you know, for the opponent or, you know, some guys, it's not that great. But I've, I've loved every minute of it, to be honest. Well, we were talking before the podcast, you were talking about um, second to last fight, you got dropped in the fight from a body shot and, and you were most definitely injured and you had a fight to get back up. And that's, I don't know how that's a lot different than losing a fight because when you're, you take those big shots and you go, oh, I don't know if I can take another one. How do you, how do you get past that mentality, right? Like when you're down on your knees, you're gasping for breath, you hear the eight count, you're like, let's go, I got to get up. How do you do it? So in my mind, I actually did lose that fight, but I, but I technically I won the fight. So I, I went down, and that was my ego. That was everything was gone. But it was a body shot that set it up, and then he actually, he actually uh, knocked. Like basically, I, I felt like I was knocked out. So yeah. it takes me about, and I've been knocked, basically knocked out, not down out, but this one, this knocked time I was, I was, I was face first on the mat. I was yeah. flat out. Um, I heard the ref at seven, eight. And I got up at eight and it took me like a split second to get up. And um, I remember I couldn't see my opponent. He was just a black dot across from me. And uh, I don't know how I BS the ref, but I, <laughs> I, had, I have very strong legs. And that's the, the very important part in boxing. So Absolutely. it takes a lot to get me down no matter what, even if I'm 
you know, I'm on the verge of being knocked out. My legs are going to hold me up. So I can, I've been vertically knocked out, I think, for a few seconds at a time. Yeah. And my legs have held me up. So th- this time they, they collapsed. So I don't know what it was. The f- I needed to win that fight. It was a title fight. Um, and I, I needed that one. Be, that was going to set me up for my WBC title, which would be my biggest, you know, dream in boxing and biggest win I could ever imagine. So um, I just absolutely needed to win that fight. I got up and uh, I had some stuff in my in my Rolodex that's basically muscle memory. Yeah. And uh, I know if I can set up my right hand, not too many guys can stand up to it. So um, I went in um, very long and I threw a bunch of jabs and, and I just threw my right hand. I threw it two times in a row and I caught him once, maybe twice, maybe half, one and a half times. Yeah. I caught him and I put him down to his knee. Uh, he took a knee, which is basically in boxing you don't do, if you take a knee or, you know, you're, you're almost like giving up. Count, yeah. yeah. So, so they give him an eight count, but he got up in about three to four seconds, but I could tell he was hurt. So yeah. I just went in for the kill and I threw nothing but hooks. I went in close. <laughs> I threw nothing but hooks. And I, threw, I, I think, Barroom I, hit, brawl I, think I actually, yeah, I think I actually hit him in the back of the head once, but the yeah. ref didn't see that. And he went down and, and out. And so I won the fight. Yeah. Nice. It's interesting how you're, you're, uh, you mentioned you felt you lost the fight and talking about how ego comes into that. And even, I think anyone who's ever sparred, you, you have this realization of how you interpret things is usually very different than how it actually is that, You'll walk into a sparring session. You'll do really well. You'll be bouncing the guy off of your your hands the entire time. You eat one perfectly timed shot, and you're like, that guy kicked my ass. Yeah. Like, Rang your bell. Yeah. But he hit you once. You spent the whole time just pounding on him, and you walk away going, I lost. I suck. I'm horrible. I should quit. Well, we, we <laughs> Until noticed, you stop and break down. You're like, no, actually, I did pretty good. <laughs> we, we noticed like to take a big shot, and as soon as you do, you realize you're vulnerable. I think that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, like, your ego just gets damaged a little bit, which is worth so much more than actually physical damage. I agree. Well, to yeah. be a professional athlete of any kind, you've got to basically put everything into it, your, your blood, sweat, tears, your life. You put people on... You have to put people that you love on the back burner at times to to commit to the sport. So you're, you know, all of that goes through your head and you're like, you know what, I'm not my best. But you're not your best every day. There's a lot of days you're not your best. You just hope that when it's time for the show, you show up your best. And that's not always true. I mean, there's there's a lot of fighters that fight sick. They fight hurt, you know, and I feel terrible for them. But a lot of it is back to the weight cut. And, I'll, you know, I'll chime in on that. And and I know I probably won't mention names, but one of, one of the fellow fighters at um at the mayweather from mayweather promotions he's uh one of floyd jr's main guys young younger kid but he walks around at 160 so like i've sparred with him at 160 and he's fighting at like 125 <laughs> so he's i don't even know how it's possible because i've never cut that much weight so he's an absolute mess it's it because he has there's no way to recover in 24 hours from that yeah so they basically give us 24 hours you know you go eat afterward after the weight cut um, you're very miserable weight cut day. A lot of times with me, I'll be in, I have an Epsom salt bath or whatever because I don't have a, you know, if, if I could bring a sauna everywhere, it'd be good to go. But, um, you know, sitting in a hotel room in a bathtub and you got all your buddies and your, your team around you and you're, you're having bath after bath after bath to cut weight and you're not allowed to eat or drink. And then you've got to go to the weigh-ins and all the cameras and the pictures and everything else. You got to put on a smile and, you know, and flex and weigh in and all that, that fun stuff for the crowd and then as that's happening as soon as you weigh in you decal behind the scenes yeah and you basically just pick out you eat and you drink and whatever else so it's not healthy it can't be i mean we're trained as athletes to you know i eat a very low sodium diet when i was training i would 
have to have all my meals pre-made a lot of times. And so then afterwards, just before my fight, I'm eating all this garbage. Like I could literally eat Big Macs and I'm not that Big Macs are garbage. Huh? But, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So um, I could I could basically eat whatever I want and then I'm fighting the next day. So um, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. Are you guys allowed IV rehydration? Um, no, I was never in boxing and it's something maybe new. I've been retired for just over a year now, a year and a couple of days. Um, they recently took it out. I think about a year or two ago out of MMA. Cause a lot of guys, like you're talking about 160 to 125. That's not uncommon in MMA at all. Yeah. Guys are doing these massive cuts. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember his name right now. He walks around at 190 and fights at 135. Oh, dear. Yeah. Juan's <laughs> done that too. Candace has a good friend, uh, Juan Archuleta, who's an MMA, undefeated MMA master and, and uh, he he would he'll take any fight basically. So yeah. I've been offered fights that I just know I can't make the weight. Yeah. And uh, I could go in there and stomp the guy pretty easy. Be, and I don't like that either. I'd rather I, I actually wanted to fight up a weight class a couple times, but they couldn't. We couldn't make that work either. So yeah, it, it, there's not a lot of benefit. I mean, I think some guys look at it like a. Um like almost like a construction worker, right? Well, we're just going to show up and do the job no matter what it is, no matter what I got to lift today, what I got to do. And there's other guys that just have certain goals where they're going to go in. Like you look at GSP, he had a very certain goal. I'm going to get to this level and I'm going to step out. I've got all this business surrounding what I'm doing, which it sounds like where you guys are at. Um, but a lot of fighters are just there to fill the car. They're just the daily grinders, the workers, the guys you want to have around. I can think of guys like, um, uh, not Matt Sarah. What is his name? Uh, there's quite a few guys can't think of them in the, right now in MMA but they're just they're basically the employees right they show up they put on a good fight every time they're never going to be champion they're never going to be the big sellers but they're workhorses yeah. and so it depends what path you take in that career right do you want to fight for 30 years 25 years which there's lots of boxers and MMA guys that do right it's a tough way to make a living that's a hard way to make a living to get hit in the head every day mm-hmm. but uh, there's definitely guys that do it yeah, I think it's interesting what you're saying about the uh, when you do the weigh-ins, you come in, you got to look good for that. And it's funny because if you if you watch the uh, we don't gamble a lot here, but if you watch the stats that they're going by for the gambling, they'll actually shift quite a bit after the weigh-ins based on what guys look like. Which you know, shoot the dog. I'll shoot the dog later. <laughs> <laughs> get a few um, emails on that. But you get uh, you get these guys up there. They look great. They're shredded. And they look awesome. P- people don't realize that that's not a healthy athlete. That's someone who's dehydrated. That's someone who, when you see the Birds sinews of, of their well, muscles, that's someone who needs some you help. You can even <laughs> look at um, like the fitness competitors. Same yeah. thing. Absolutely. I mean, they train yeah. how hard to put on that muscle mass, get into shape, and do what you do. Um, and then right before the competition, look on un- how unhealthy they treat those bodies yeah. Yeah. to look that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for, for an athlete to be expected to perform optimally when you're dehydrated and just put your body through hell pretty much for 24 hours, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. You know what? It, it, because it's a business, I understand why they do it because that's the best way to, to win a fight, right? Coming in as big as you can. If you're better at cutting weight than somebody else, you're going to come into that ring bigger better or bigger and stronger so i i get it they need to change the organization so guys don't have that opportunity they mm. need to you know do what uh one m uh mma is doing and just not allow weight cuts anymore yeah. if you walk around at 160 well you can fight at 155 and 165 that's it there's yeah. there your hydration level has to be up you have to do uh your uh, i can't remember there's one i think where they test the, the hydration of your brain uh through a scan and make sure that you're 100 percent hydrated before you get in the ring we would see 
longer careers, we would see better fights. We watch guys like Cowboy Cerrone right now that normally fights at 155, which is a tough cut for him. He's fighting at 170, and he looks amazing. But some of the guys at 170 are weighing 195 when they step into the ring, and that's yeah. just not fair to Cowboy, right? He's just some of those guys you can't beat. I did want to ask you, I had the opportunity to listen to um, uh, one of the guys from Verzani uh, quite a few years ago at Bandai Breath. Um, so what did you do for Verzani's? I had a lot a lot of different positions, actually, throughout my okay. career um, in the Frizzani group, but um, it's a great company. I was with them prior to um, Canadian Tire buying them. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I'm trying to remember who was from the company came up and spoke at uh, spoke at the Benai Breath, but it was it was very very encouraging. It was probably about ten years ago, maybe twelve years ago. Um, I don't know if anyone knows Benai Breath is a Jewish organization. It's a men's organization. It's been around for like fifteen hundred years or something like that. Okay. And uh, I was working for a, a guy that was a member of it, so he invited us to this thing. At, uh, it's at Christmas time um, that they come in and they throw this big event. It's I don't know, 150 or 200 bucks a plate, and they had um, premieres there, and you know, leaders in business, and, and inspirational speakers, and so we got to, to listen. I'm trying to remember who was there from Rosani. It'll come to me before yeah, the, the show is out. Uh, Joe Rosani is actually on our advisory board mm-hmm. for Healthy Dub. He's a very good friend. He's been ringside to a lot of my fight when I fight at homies. Yeah, I was there. So I've heard nothing but fantastic things about that, that family. An amazing family, honestly. Oh. Sadly. Um, John passed away, but um, I had the honor of being around him when he was alive and um, just one of the most stand-up guys you could meet. Um, Happy, uh, had a great sense of humor, um, knew all about just what it was like to be a team, to be honest, uh, a great leader um, and just a really good man. Cool, cool. Yeah. So what are you doing then? So you got a lot of experience with Frizzani Group, and now you're uh, putting that into Athlete Hub. I said it right that <laughs> there time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is an app, if everyone doesn't know, where you can get information on uh, boxing, MMA. I think you guys are adding in uh, hockey, football. Yeah, all sports. Nice. Mm-hmm. So it's the ultimate sports app. So the goal there is to be able to have athletes, fans, sports enthusiasts have a place where they can find stats, locate gyms, um, connect and communicate with athletes, um, watch videos, read the news, find the scores, basically one destination where everything sports related is found. Nice. Mm -hmm. And so that, sorry, is that based on self-reporting or is there organizations that uh, go through that for stats? We have organizations for the stats. Yep. And then the amateur and minor stats, um, currently, um, within the combat um, sports section, their athletes will put in their own stats. Okay. Um, but we're working with the leagues, um, as far as hockey, baseball, football, and what have you to be able to get those minor league stats, um, uploaded into the database. All right. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. So I know how- we were talking, weren't we a little while ago, we were looking for stats and some fighters and we caught like three or four different stats just based on the three or four different sites we went to looking for them. And yeah. Sure Dog for MMA is pretty good about following the stats well. They, they, they have a good line, but there's a lot of the, the smaller organizations that haven't done that well yet. Well, they just have a hard time um, upkeeping yeah. um, with when, when fighters have a fight, um, logging those and getting them into the database. So that's where the, the different... Um, 
that's where the different websites have the different stats and yeah. where fighters are like, what the heck? Like, this is not actually my stats. It's really and 15 and one? Yeah, is it, like, it, yeah. is this for real? What am I looking at? And for Athlete Hub, um, it's very important to us that stats are 100% and updated regularly. Our stats are actually updated daily. Wow, that, that's mm-hmm. massive because you think about the amount of MMA organizations that are out there, not just in North America, but like Costa Rica, Mexico, uh, the Ukraine, Russia, like all over the world, there's probably, you know, maybe hundreds in each comp- country and then trying to follow those fighters out like Dagestan fighters. How do you get how do you get stats on Dagestan fighters? <laughs> well, the key is, is you make the connections. We've put a lot of effort into making connections to build relationships with the um, APIs that host all of the stats within different um, federations and being able to have those linked to Athlete Hub. And that's our goal with all sports is to create those relationships and have those stats on Athlete Hub. So um, not only can the athlete follow other athletes and find their own stats, but also for scouts to be able to start um, scouting athletes at a young age, especially with, um, you know, like the major leagues, like a baseball, football, hockey, soccer. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Golf. Yeah, we have a lot of celebrity athletes also, and they come with a you know a massive network that they they naturally bring to us. So we're actually off to Orlando next weekend to film with Obi Obadike, who we just signed for fitness. Yeah, and uh, checkmate social media, who's uh, ranked top five in the world by Forbes magazine. Yeah. So we've got them for our our US and um, and online marketing, and then uh, you know, Candace can tell you we just signed another local company as well that we're going to use. Which company is that? For our marketing, sorry, is Advertise. Okay. Yeah, Mark Bella. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. I saw that, uh, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, you guys posted uh, TJ Dillashaw was Mm -hmm. uh, now on your site. So is this, are the fighters starting to want their stats on the fight, on the, on Athlete Hub now? A hundred percent. So it's not so much the stats as athletes like to have their following and they like to provide um, content, footage, what have you for, for their fans to keep up with their training, to keep up with what they're up to in life. Um, pretty much everything. And nowadays it's a social media world. Yep. Everyone wants to share what they're up to and everybody wants to weigh in. So for these athletes um, to be able to post and have their fans be able to comment, weigh in to upcoming fights or their training or just to follow them, they love it. So they it's like bringing it. all their social media into the one place. So, exactly. you know, uh, TJ Dillashaw, I believe is a hunter as well. So you can leave that on Instagram, but he can full, have all of his MMA followers on Athlete Hub. That's the goal with Athlete yeah, Hub, yeah. Cool. So for me, I use, you know, on my business stuff is on LinkedIn. My family stuff is on Facebook and Instagram. And my sports stuff is on Athlete Hub. Beautiful. So. Have you guys looked at all with um, getting clubs involved so that when you come to a new city and you're like, I, I'm a fighter, this is my weight class, I'm looking for a new club to train at, what club has guys in my weight class? Is that going to be an option you can see having in the future? It's already on there, actually. We oh, have, is it, yeah, we have every, every gym in, in the world. Every combat sports gym right now in the world is on there and soon to be every every actual gym and training facility in the world. So with that, we're going to be adding a list of the trainers. So say it's um, one of the large chains, say like Good Life or what have you. Um, each location is going to have a list of its trainers, and you can actually um, link directly with them to sign up to train. Um, and, and the trainers can actually advertise um, themselves on, on Athlete Hub and find clients directly based on any city. So we have a location services Based on wherever you are, wherever you go, it'll give you a whole bunch of options. 
That's too funny. I have a there's a local guy here in Airdrie uh, who started an app called Gym Buddy, and it was just looking for workout partners. And so he listed all the gyms in Canada, and then you have a small profile, and you can say, well, I do this, you know, I do chest and buys on this day, and do that, and so that you can link up. It's like a dating service for people working out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I and I told him when he started because it was about two or three years ago. I'm like, you need to have sparring partners on there, mm-hmm. and then you guys, here you go, you got yeah. it already. Yeah. The goal with finding a gym too is. We, we break it down to whether you're looking for, you know, sparring partners, whether you're looking for uh, hockey conditioning. Um, it'll have every sport and specialty, whether it's rehabilitation trainer from an nice. injury. We're going to have that all on Athlete Hub. The goal is to be able to offer anything and everything you need yeah. in the athletic and sports world on Athlete Hub. Do for you the see athlete it going down to the low, low level for us rec people? Like where you almost have like the Facebook interview. The goal goal there is actually um, to have those stats even included so that you can, uh, it was actually inspired as funny as it is um, by my dad because he used to play old timer hockey and uh, he's quite competitive. That's funny, we play old timer fighting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. and he's like, hey, hey, like, he's a very competitive guy. And he's like, you know, like, I like to keep up. And they used to joke and and what have you, you know, even in their league. And I was like, you know what? Um, Jay and I were, were speaking and we're like, that needs to be yeah. archived as well. Like, we need to have that database because how much, how much more fun for those athletes to be able to, um, you know, look at their stats, find their games, because we will have the scheduling um, feature on Athlete oh, Hub cool. as well. Um, so that basically you don't have to have, like, four or five, six different apps on your phone for, for your children or for yourself to be yeah. able to find when their games are, find their stats, you know, connect with other parents. We're going to host that all on Athlete Hub. Yeah, it seems like a really great opportunity just to be able to go on there and be um obviously there's there's many many professionals and amateurs even but so many many more people that just do it for fun and you go i'm gonna go train in my my basement on saturday yeah who else out there wants to come train with me in my basement we are actually adding um the the next little launch that we're doing um in the next month is fitness so all the sports enthusiasts um that want to you know find the partner to train with or even it's going to have a nutrition and uh, fitness tracker so that you can track your workouts um um, the foods you're eating, the calories. Well, even so better, that, who you're going to be training with. Too. That's you right. You can see theirs, yeah. Yeah. Actually, and you so can, you can even use this at the grocery store when you're shopping because it, it's on Athlete Hub. If you say, well, I want to buy uh, steak for dinner and have, you know, broccoli with it or whatever, it'll give you exactly what calories your dinner is going to have oh. and what it's going to do for you. And so it's your, kind of your macros tracker and your uh, fight tracker all in one. A hundred percent. And it is for everybody, the, the sports enthusiast or the person that's not even interested in sports, but takes care and wants to live a healthy lifestyle. Well, great gateway too for those people, right? Like especially 100%. there's a lot of women. Um, I think we know that, that train fight and especially in the fight world, it's kind of a weird place for women. Um, it's definitely a more comfortable environment, I think, when they have other women to train with, mm-hmm. but that is such a small population currently that having that app to go, I can find other women to train with yep. means you have more women that are fighting, staying with it and growing the community, which I think that's an amazing idea right there. For 100%. Sure. Another one is women's hockey that we're going to actually showcase uh, major because, you know, there's, there's NHL, which, you know, and then there's women's hockey. There's a lot of, in my opinion, there's a lot of women hockey players that are just as good or better than some of these NHL the guys. Old-timey hockey moms. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so I have women's professional hockey and same with amateur and whatnot, but we're going to start, we're going to give an opportunity to to basically make that equal to NHL with the publicity and the marketing and such. 
Um, we also have our, our biggest difference is we, we kind of did this to um, give kids an opportunity. So this is uh, basically, we have an artificial intelligence that tracks um, every, every little bit of activity. So it's very, very safe for kids. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to create opportunities to, with all the bullying and all the online you know, stuff where kids are feeling very in, uh, underconfident and such, we wanted to um, give kids an opportunity to basically feel like a pro and, um, and, you know, everybody has a dream. When I was a kid, I, want, I dreamt of being an NHL hockey player and, um, you know, a professional athlete. That was a big dream all the time. But um, if I, you know, if, if, if athlete I was around when I was a kid, my stats could have got tracked and what have you, and I could have got some more opportunities, which brings all the good feels, you know, brings Absolutely, confidence yeah. to kids. So Yeah. Well, it's a database for uh, recruiters, right? You don't that have is- to go to every single school and talk to every single person. You just put in your information and it pops up whatever you're looking for, which is great for everyone involved at that point. That's on right. that note, on recruiters, we actually have another <laughs> another feature that is going to be added soon that's going to be recruiting um, for positions. So if you're saying you're in real estate um, and you want to find a, a professional athlete, say hockey players moving to, say, Calgary, then uh, it'll link you up to them. You don't have to, you know, and you'll mm-hmm. have a, a direct link to, you know, the, the athlete. So there's... There's different, um, and there's also for the athletes or like, you know, like myself who are retired. Um, if I if I wasn't in business already, I would probably do what every other boxer does and become a boxing trainer. Mm-hmm. So now, if uh, for the a boxer that retires, they can actually um, become a trainer quite easily on Athlete Hub, list their services, find clients, and everything else. So it creates employment and opportunities as well. Very cool. I, I wanted to go back a little bit to the um, the food and uh, the nutrition that you were talking about. I have an app that I use, uh, My Fitness Pal, where you can log in everything. It tells you your macros and stuff. And it's, uh, I can't tell you how beneficial it is to, to staying healthy, to losing weight, all that kind of stuff. So is that the type of um, app that you were? Similar. I, yeah, yeah. It is similar, yeah. Yeah, so our go- what our uh, intention and our goal is, is to have, ins- like, I ha- I'm like you, I have, like, 20 apps on my phone. Yeah. So <laughs> for sports, I'm only I'm only going to have one app soon because I, I won't need all that stuff because right. I can do it all on Athlete Up. Yeah. But it also will, uh, you know, provide, depending on what sports you're in, It'll give you the suggestions. It'll break it down into what you should be eating and what you should be buying and what you should be doing. So you'll have experts coming in to help yes. uh, decipher, you know, like if you're uh, building up energy for, you know, the old school hockey guys used to eat bucket loads of uh, spaghetti, pasta, carbohydrates. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. to well, go. And we know it's not so great now, but you'll have experts helping people out saying if your workout's going to be this or your sport is this. Our, um, our lightning in the bottle, so to speak, is that now we have an open playing field. So if you uh, say you're a hockey player and you, and you want to buy a pair of skates and then you see Sidney Crosby is sponsored by Reebok, so he's promoting, there's a commercial, and you're like, oh, maybe I should go try those Reebok skates. Now you can see what all of the minor hockey players are wearing and how they're rating them because nice. there's no, we don't have any paid advertisers on there. It's all real data so that you can go on to like, Okay, well, this Bantam and Midget player, these guys are, this is the, the most used skates in, in Bantam, um, and, and you can select it based on that. Man, that's in depth. It's like, shocking so much... how that doesn't exist. I'm like, I'm buying new boxing gloves right now, and I've, for about a year I've been watching YouTube videos and like reading reviews, and it's just not, it's not easy to get an opinion about boxing gloves for as popular as that is. <laughs> the only way to test your boxing gloves is how hard your opponent falls. <laughs> <laughs> can you move the padding out of the way? That's right. <laughs> 
We're also, um, on, on that note with the fitness and nutrition, we also have a program that we're offering. Um, it's going to be um, launched on October 1st um, called The Infinite Journey, um, which helps young kids and pretty much everybody in the world to hold themselves accountable to self-growth. Nice. So whether that's, um, it's kind of a trifecta. So it includes the fitness, your body, mind, and soul. Yeah. So um, is this going to be an app as well? This is, but it's it's Athlete Hub's program. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So it'll be launching right off of the Athlete Hub app. So you can find it on, on, on the Athlete Hub app. It'll just take you into its own uh, program because it's a little bit different. than so Some of it doesn't involve sports. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, the mind and the, uh, the wellness and such. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a separate. Um, and we're going to have several of those also, but it's all through the Athlete Hub platform. It's a so, great idea. We're, we've been talking about goal setting recently mm-hmm. and how even if it's something that you plan to do anyways, mm-hmm. putting it down as a goal and making that as an accomplishment means so much in how well, you view yourself in the world. The nice thing about um, Infinite Journey is in this day and age, unfortunately, um, when it comes to being mindful of your time, your goal, um, how valuable yourself is in the world compared to everything else that's boasting on social media, you get a little bit lost. But what Infinite Journey does is it allows you to remind you. It actually holds sends, you accountable. Yeah, sends reminders to your phone and holds you accountable to, you know, have you, I'm going to use this as an example, you'll laugh, but as a woman, I'll say, have you called your mom today? I'm a mom, so I'm going to set that in my kids' <laughs> Your mom just every saying, day. That's right. But, um, you know, for, as far as building relationships, have you taken that 10 minutes to meditate today? Um, what have you done for yourself today? Um, On that note, I got to interrupt because we did say we'd give mom a shout out. It's my mother's <laughs> birthday today. So. That's right. Uh, we did call birthday, mom, mom today. So. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, mom. Um, but it also allows you to go through a program that was developed by a certified life coach um, to help you grow in areas you're lacking. So maybe for some, um, they spend too much of their time, too much of their mind on business. This allows you to set a goal that you'd like to spend more time focusing on family. Or if you don't have a family, focusing on another goal you may have. Maybe it's a fitness goal. Maybe it's you need to eat better um, to take care of yourself. Um, It also teaches kids through the program to have true self-confidence and it's very important to um, Jason and I and and Curtis the founder of Infinite Journey um, to have children learn this in this day and age so important Um, not just for athletics but for life and and that's one of the things that's really dear to us with Athlete Hub is just helping the athletes the sports enthusiasts fans whoever it is find these opportunities to better themselves. Beautiful. Well, it's like they say, uh, small goals create big goals, but small goals don't get accomplished without some sort of reason. And that's what you're doing when you hold yourself accountable. Got to have the why. Absolutely. You could say like the big picture of I want to be a boxer. Okay, that's great. That's a great goal to have. But if you don't go to every training session, which is a small goal, Mm -hmm. it's never going to happen. That's right. But it's very easy to say, I don't really feel like it today. And I didn't go yesterday, so I don't feel like it today either. I didn't go for the whole week. Yeah. 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 Whereas if it's a goal, it's a little goal. Like, I did it. Great. That's right. And with the Infinite um, Journey program, you actually are um, set with a community of people setting their own goals. And so you're, you're able to congratulate each other and be part of a community that's actually all 
growing together, um, whatever the goal may be. Yeah. And and that, again, is really important for, it's for us. It's a great community to be a part of, too. It is. Like, they always say if you're going to set goals, find people to set goals with. They that's hold right. you accountable, and they also commend you when you do that. And that's the type of person you want, not bullies and people that it's just a matter of I Regular push myself up media. on you. Yeah. 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 That's right. So with uh, with the apps coming out, I know it's all under um, Athlete Hub, from what I understand. Is it going to be a paid app, or is it going to be how how are people going to get all this information? Is there a it's paid free. portion? All free. It's free. The Athlete Hub app is free. The Infinite Journey to do the program will have a small fee. Yeah. Um, well worth it, in my opinion, for what you get out of it. Much cheaper um, than a life coach. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, you get. And a, cheaper than a wife too. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> a life coach. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it'll all be on the app store. Very cool. So people can find that now. Is Infinite, Infinite Journey up and running now? Not until October 1st. October 1st. So we Beautiful. will make an announcement and, and we're super stoked about it. I think it's important. You know, I've got a wife that she's a holistic nutritionist. Uh, so she um, helps me with my diet, my supplements. She's questioning me all the time how I feel. I didn't even realize she was being a coach until like one day she's like, I've been asking you how you feel and you didn't tell me that. I'm like, oh, sorry. And then, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh yeah, actually this isn't working that good and so she's been coaching me for about a year now um and i don't think a lot of people are going to have that opportunity without an app like this no and that's that really is what the app's all about and um and what's nice about it is you do get you get all the professional help from we have actually holistic nutritionists on there you have the life coach you have the the trainers you Mm -hmm. have the the meditation specialists um you have it all at your fingertips and you are the one that's actually telling them what goal you want to achieve but what people don't understand nowadays is that to achieve those goals you have to take care of every part of yourself to get there mind body and soul Um, without one you can't fully achieve those goals Something I was uh, I was just thinking about. Are you familiar with the elimination diet, uh, where you just remove a lot of stuff and slowly bring it back to see what you're getting your benefits? You, can you see something like that being implemented into uh, into that program where you can go and you can train? This is what I'm training. This is the results I'm getting. This is what I'm eating this week. Now let's look at next week. This is what I'm getting. Now what factors have altered in that? Yeah. Um, personally, for me, re- I was doing keto over the summer. I, I got a back injury, yes. and it's the longest back injury I've had to recover from. Just said, you know what? I'm going to stop doing keto. I'm going to go back to carbs. And Mm -hmm. it was within a few days dealt with. Now, that makes no sense whatsoever. It's a higher testosterone level. It's higher protein. Mm -hmm. It lowers inflammation. I shouldn't have had that as an issue, but it turned out to be. So the goal with actually our our fitness um, aspect of Athlete Hub and having the the tracker there is to eventually incorporate into that, that very thing. And so you can put in there, um, listen, I'm training for this or I have this kind of ailment because believe it or not, the foods you eat directly support how your body feels, not just your mind. And uh, your gut and brain are actually connected um, by an axis. So you need to be able to feed your mind through your gut, essentially. Um, So the goal here with this um, tracker is to be able to help people that can just like put in, oh, you know what? Like I have, like you just said, like you've been following this keto diet. It's taking me forever to get through this back problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, you know what? 
sometimes, for instance, with following the keto diet, it eliminates too much that your body's not getting that energy sure, yeah. to re- you know, rehabilitate that back injury. So here's some suggestions for you. And we're actually hoping to get some professionals on board that will actually be able to give you that information. Oh, yeah. Totally. And even so, though it's an anecdotal story mm-hmm. that I'm telling, it'd yeah. be, if you could have 50 people telling the same anecdotal story, there's some weight to that too. And yep. when you're crossing over between medical and nutrition, they don't always see eye to eye. And having that no. anecdotal, like, well, you know, nothing makes sense. Maybe you want to try what everyone else is getting results from. Yeah. So, so Athlete Hub, actually, uh, you, can, you can have the products tested, rated and whatnot, and get the real opinion from other athletes. Right. Um, you can also buy the products right on Athlete Hub. We have our own on- online sports store which includes um, equipment, supplements, nutrition, everything. So um, you, you, we're only going to list the things that are, that are chosen by athletes. That really so. seems to be the future of marketing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a matter of we're trying to it's, – it's kind of like it goes back to the Bernaysian attitude of you create an environment where your product is wanted. You don't yeah. create people who want your product. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, if people are saying, hey, it's great, well, here's a link. You might as well have it there. You know they're going to go Google it anyways. Then you just save them a step and probably created revenue for yourself in the profit process. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't think enough people understand. Just to bring it back a little bit, when you're talking about the, the gut brain connection there, Barrier. that mm-hmm. uh, that enough people don't understand that at a hundred percent, whatever goes in your gut will control your brain. So, hundred percent. I have a mom who was suffering from, um, you know, high blood pressure, all the stuff that that old people typically have in Canada, and we put her on an anti candida <laughs> diet. Yeah. And the way to get her to understand was all these bacteria in your stomach that control your brain. So if you're feeding the sugar bugs in your stomach, then yeah. they tell your brain, go get sugar. And they literally will scream it at you. Mm-hmm. And the importance of, you know, um, depression, anxiety, all that kind of stuff of, of having starting first in the gut and then working out uh, everything else afterwards is that's so right. important. I'm yeah. glad to hear you guys understand that. And that's well, been... I'm celiac. So, and I wasn't always um, after the, the birth of my son. Um, I was diagnosed with celiac and prior to the diagnosis, it took about a year and a half of living in not so good circumstances as far as, you know, my stomach and my brain went, um, it, it was a complete madness to be honest. And I, we could not figure out the, the doctors could not figure out, well, what is causing this? Like your hormones are everywhere. What's going on? And, um, it was actually, it it took a lot of my own research and I finally said, you know what, like, could this be something that I like I'm eating? Is it some kind of food allergy? What, like what's happening here? Um, and then finally we got to the bottom of it and it was, yeah, like you're celiac, you can't have gluten, you can't have dairy. Um, as soon as I eliminated those things, I felt like a million dollars. And, um, but the problem is nowadays, a lot of people have sensitivities to food or like you said, you're, you're eating things that feed candida, which, you know, they, they will destroy the way that you can think in your brain. You're not going to function optimally and depression and anxiety set in and, uh, it's not, it's not so good. No. On that, on the celiacs, have you experimented at all with the uh, the heirloom dairies and uh, glutens? Mm-hmm. Uh, have, you, have you had any results with that? No. No, it I, doesn't work for you? No, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, I'm unfortunately a very severe celiac. It's like so. the whole, it's the whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, uh, my cousin um, had a baby and she was breastfeeding and mm-hmm. she was eating a normal diet, bread, milk, all that kind of stuff. And uh, the baby was getting sicker and sicker, got hospitalized and like, oh don't come off of the, the 
breastfeeding, this is the most important thing you could do. But the baby was a celiac, and she wasn't. And so the breast milk was affecting the baby. As soon as they brought her off breast milk and put her on formula or whatever it was, baby got instantly better. And then they started the food elimination diet and trying different things until they could find out what uh, that it was actually celiac disease that this this baby had. Um, So it, it can go that deep that it's the... If we're not eating a majority whole foods, whole meats, non-processed, you know, I don't want to say non-GMO because I just recently had a guy over from uh, your local ranch talking about, um, um, what's that called? Big, uh, uh, the big farms that raise cattle and stuff like that. Factory farms. Factory farms. And, and, you know, he he changed my mind a little bit on the meat side of things. Okay. But definitely like the vegetables and the, or the the GMO vegetables and the processed foods we've got to try to eliminate out of our diets. Well, there's a trick though too. It's definitions of what GMO, natural, um... Sorry, was what something else you brought up there? Uh, factory farming. Factory farming. Uh, yeah, it's it's not necessarily all the same stuff out there. Right. No. Um, uh, pr- uh, processed foods. Processed technically, foods, a yeah. salt cure is a processed food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, technically, what is it? Soybeans are GMO. So yeah. it depends where you draw that line, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it's not just about not having processed foods. I found a little while ago I was on a, a weight loss program that I put myself on yeah. I didn't tell my wife and I literally just cut my calories out mm-hmm. but I wasn't getting enough nutrition so my body was starving nothing was coming off and it's not just that we we need to not have processed foods we need to give good nourishment to our body so instead of cutting weight or cutting food out let's put good food in and that's the biggest part and that's the key here is when you know for athletes you know training for whatever sport they're playing in um, even day-to-day life like you need to be able able to use your brain like let's be honest to do yeah. anything um, to be a great parent uh, to be good at your job to take care of yourself you need that strength you need that power well to do that you need to nourish your body 100%. and the only way to do that is to feed it healthy food and sometimes it's as simple as well I'm feeding my body healthy food but I'm still not feeling 100% remove one food that's causing that inflammation in your body yeah. and now you feel 100% right That'd be a great option if you could wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to go run a marathon. What should I be putting in my body? At what time of the day should I be putting in my body versus tomorrow I'm going to sit on the couch all day Yeah, and just go, you know, I can have a healthy day sitting on the couch. I just can't eat the same way as when I'm going to run a marathon. And uh, I think that would change a lot of perspectives on how we view uh, powering our systems. Even as simple as um, taking a test. You know, for students, well, you need that brain power. So believe it or not, eating certain foods a couple days prior to your test and amping up your hydration, um, you're going to do a lot better on that test than if you don't. Yeah. You know, and for kids nowadays, that's the biggest thing. It's fly by your seat of your pants. Unfortunately, just because the world is busy now. Yeah. Well, we seem to believe um, that not sleeping is, yeah, a, is okay. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. If like, anything, oh, yeah. I was up all night doing that. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? You're a rock best. star. Holy. Yeah, you wouldn't be like, um, I, I slammed my head against the wall all night. So yeah. I'm pretty awesome at school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, where really we should be congratulating the people that are like, yeah, I slept 10 hours last night. Well, yeah. good for you. Yeah, I had yeah. a good dinner. You know what I, I mean? slept, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's important. And, and we do believe, um, and especially with my background, I do believe that it is very important um, how you feed your body. Because how you treat it now is how it's going to treat you later. 100%. And how it's going to respond to you 
in the present. Uh, athlete, athletes, for an athlete, uh, food is fuel, period. Yeah, yeah. So you don't, even, you don't even think of it any other way. So, um, yeah. One of your things you're saying about the future is one of my goals is to be a healthy, fit grandfather. Like, that's literally what gets me up and going every day. My kids are young. They're, they're uh, 11 and 13 and not going to be a grandfather anytime soon. With that said, but, though, you're at that age right now where a lot of people are saying, I'm too old. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm, you're already at that stage where you're accomplishing that goal to some degree. So it is a, it is realistic to say that. Yeah, but I don't think a lot of people even talk about that stuff, right? Like, do they think about what they're going to be doing at 60? They're like, oh, I just want to get through my day. Don't think about your day. What's going to happen on the, the weekend, next month, next year, or when you're a grandfather, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, I just couldn't imagine being one of those people that are 65 years old. I, I shouldn't even say 65. I'm 45 years old, and I know a bunch of people that are on heart medication, blood pressure medication. They're, you know, they're they can't get through a full day of work. They're depressed all the time, and it's it's a hundred percent just the food that they fuel their body with. Yeah. As soon as I switched. My emotional outbursts went away. Like I switched to healthier foods, um, got rid of bread, got rid of dairy. You know, like I said, emotional health uh, or emotional outbursts went away. My energy levels through the roof. I, you know, I manage a a construction company. I have a clothing company. We do the podcast. um, And I never seem to run out of energy. It's always there. And it's just the food. Well, and that's the thing too is nowadays people are just jacked on caffeine, right? Just jacked. And I, uh, it was funny enough. (laughs) So when I, yeah, I used to. Be I wish like I a was caffeine. Yeah. Oh my god, I know, right? Um, I used to drink a ton of coffee. Um, cut that out because uh, I suffered actually adrenal fatigue and and cut That's it from out. From being with me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah seriously, <laughs> I'm still suffering. I'm still suffering. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and and then I met Jay and I I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I drank a lot of coffee before. I don't think I ever saw him a moment in the day or night without a coffee in his hand. Oh, wow. Um, and now a lot of that too is his training. He, he, it was just like, that was his, his energy source was caffeine and, and food. He did eat very well, yeah. but, um, then adrenal fatigue sets in, yeah. right? And and now you can't have that caffeine. And the the thing with people nowadays is they are, it's such a busy world. You are like yourself, you have multiple companies, you have the family life. Yeah. Um, they're they're go, go, go. And instead of realizing, well, the sleep and the nutrition take care of my body and take care of me, they're like, well, I'll get through it through some caffeine. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to have a big Americano, a vente Americano here or in there and I'll last. Double espresso uh, what you don't realize is that's the quickest way to knock you on your ass yeah 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 right? uh, absolutely it's Did. a shockingly normal thing to do though <laughs> like I, I recently started researching. as you have your cup of coffee over there yeah, yeah. i'm just I, kidding <laughs> i started i started doing uh creatine and researched it and it turns out you can't have caffeine and creatine at the same time it's something bad it just it doesn't it's not as effective so mm-hmm. why why do it um but that means if i if i go kickboxing i've got to wait an hour before i can have a coffee and yeah. it's like, well, it doesn't seem like a big deal. It's a huge deal. <laughs> like, it's a serious, huge deal. Like, I'm, I know exactly one hour from when I took my last dosage after because I'm, like, holding a cup of coffee, like, counting. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, all right, let's go. We it's go it. time. Time to go. <laughs> and normally, you'd be like, it's not a big deal. I just have a coffee now and then. It's like, no, no, no. Like, having that one hour yeah. after break is just... I'd, I'd drink coffee while yeah. boxing if I could hold a cup somehow. <laughs> no and question. And a little IV. little IV. I've yeah, thought yeah. about a camelback. Yeah, I'm like, I could put some iced coffee in a camelback and probably still work out. 
<laughs> well, yeah. and to be fair, the only reason you work out is so you can drink coffee and eat and pizza. Eat pizza. And, yeah. and it's good. <laughs> well, and I, I, the police get called when you hit people that aren't at boxing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to burn off some uh, aggression for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, how can people find out more about Athletes Hub? Where do they go? Well, it's online at www.athletehub.com cool. or we are in the Google Play and Apple Store Beautiful. and you can download it for free. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are constantly uploading new stuff to it. We are. Yep. Right now we're combat sports. Within the next month, we'll have a lot more fitness features. Um, and then we're going into hockey, football and soccer followed by golf and basketball. Sweet. We actually mm-hmm. just added uh, paddleball, which is a very, very fam- popular in Europe, but with the president of the paddle World Paddle Federation actually called us and signed on, so they're going to bring their network. So we're adding some unique things, too. We're going to add motocross in the future eventually. Wow. Cricket. Um, yeah, little, every, every sport in the world is going to be on there eventually. So. I want to bring back the paddleball, because just recently they turned all of Airdrie's tennis courts into battle ball courts. Have you ever oh, played this amazing sport? Never played. Okay, it is awesome, and I will definitely be playing this sport my whole life because it's, you can. It's a cross between uh, tennis and um, squash. Oh. Basically, we didn't say beer ball. You have a short, <laughs> yeah, you have a short, shorter tennis court with. Um, it's like a half court, right? With a wall, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, half, a wall behind you. You can play it off the wall, and you use a carbon fiber, a big size of a tennis racket, but it's kind of a thick carbon fiber with it's holes solid, in it. Right? Solid, yeah. and you can just smoke the ball. It's pretty cool. Nice. We should have to give that. it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, we'll get you guys out playing yeah. some paddle ball. It's actually a great sport, and it's cool. a workout. It is a workout. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's great. All right, I had a few more questions for Jason because uh, I think if I read your bio properly, it was five years from basically starting boxing to being the uh, WBC champion. Yeah, yeah. So what? What? I don't even understand how you can get to be a pro, bo- not even not even just a pro boxer, but a champion boxer in five years. Um, well, it's a lot of work, and it's actually the right people. So to get to the right people, you got to put in the work. You got to you got to win in boxing, in sports in general. To to succeed, you got to win. Yeah. So um, I had a killer instinct in me, and I just I actually started boxing to to um, to stop drinking. Okay. So um, in my in my f- former business career, um, you know, I was downtown Calgary, oil and gas, and Doing a little too much of the, of the sales yeah. side of things, which involved alcohol for me. So I didn't like it, and uh, so I got asked to fight in a boxing event, um, a charity event, and um, which one? Uh, the first one was, uh, I think it was white collar boxing or something. Yeah, I got a buddy. Oh. Well, we know Cody Thompson oh, here yeah, is yeah. out in town, and then a buddy of ours. That's our guy with the uh, brain trauma. That's right. He's yeah. the one that oh, does cool. the uh, baseline testing for um, concussions. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, so yeah. Then I then I had a very um, good amateur career, and um, how many fights? Nine fights. Nine. Yeah, that's fast for. I lost two. Um, lost my very first one, that that uh, charity one. Yeah. And I lost another one after that, and then. Uh, that's an interesting path. A lot of guys seem to take to become successful is they have losses really early in the career, and then that really seems to be almost like a fuel. Yeah, for their success afterwards. I told myself when I turned pro that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna win, so I'm undefeated <laughs> as a pro. And and I had some tough fights, but I actually um, signed with the uh, Perez family in, uh, in L.A., who is uh, part of Golden Boy Promotions. Yeah. So, but I was training with Mayweather, so the, Go- the Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd don't get along so well. So, yeah. 
Um, my main trainer was... Uh, is it because of Delahoya wears a dress and miniskirts? Is that the whole <laughs> Only on his yacht when nobody's looking except the paparazzi. Yeah, yeah exactly, but, uh, yeah. The, the yeah, girls so, with the cameras. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, it was, it was very interesting. I got some big opportunities, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take it. So to be honest, I was uh, in my own head. I was, I was out of my... Out of my league, yeah. I was. Uh, it was a big test, but I, that's what I. That's why I did it. I, I loved the challenge. So yeah. if I was going to lose in front of a, you know, thousands of people, and cameras, then that's the way it was going to be, and I'd have to deal with it. So, um, yeah. So I. I, I continued. Uh, I got addicted to it, and then just. So your nine amateur fights were they all in Canada, or were you down in the states? Fighting? All in Canada. Okay. Well, no, actually, uh, t- sorry, in North America. So there was yeah. two, three in the U.S. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And then when uh, when did you start your pro boxing career? Um, at the end of 2016. Oh wow! So, so two was, years from going from pro to champ. Yeah. So it's not even fun. Then I've been retired for a year. <laughs> oh, so a year basically. Yeah. How many fights did you have that year? In 2017, I had five fights. Oh wow! That's yeah. a lot of fights for a pro. Yeah. Five in a year. Yeah, I was busy. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> he would have had more. Yeah, yeah I, I actually got fight, offered to um, fight Jermaine Charlo recently, and so my title. There's the, the fight like next weekend, Canelo Triple G. That is a WBC belt title. I have a gold medal, which is a, basically a silver title. So it's the same as uh, Jermaine Charlo has. So he's a different weight class than me, but he's a big name in the U.S. And um, I got offered some pretty good money to, to fight him, but um, decided to get to marry my beautiful wife instead and listen <laughs> to her. So nice. Keep my marbles intact and, and run our... <laughs> run our uh, very exciting business. So, nice. so you're done, done fighting now. Done. No, no. I, I'm not, you, I don't even spar. Do you train anymore? Yeah, I train every day, but I'm addicted to the training. So I, I boxed. Um, as soon as I woke up this morning, I, I did ten rounds, yeah. three minute rounds, and um, on the bag. Yeah. And then I am. I'm going to work out again this afternoon, more of a strength and conditioning workout that my beautiful trainer wife uh, wrote for me. So nice. Um, that that workout is much harder than boxing, to, to be honest. So yeah, yeah. She's uh, always kind of kept me in uh, strength and conditioning shape since I met her. She's a certified trainer as well. Beautiful. Um, she's trained some very uh, famous and professional athletes. She probably won't mention, but um, yeah. So. Are you more uh, co- combat sports or all athletes? No, come? all athletes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Do you do a lot of combat sport athletes though? Um. No. No, no, I don't. Just the no. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she doesn't. She doesn't train anymore. She I just... don't train anymore. No, my um, my passion, my everything is athlete hub nice. and being a mom and wife. But um, we do train. We train twice a day um, together. Still, we love it. Um, the kids love it. They're in on there. We have we have actually the whole neighborhood. <laughs> we are known as the the boxing house. We have our nice. garage set up as a massive gym, and so we actually get I've all the kids it. on the bag and yeah. having a good time. And it's it's pretty awesome, actually. Very we love cool. it. Yeah. That's yeah. Like a, that's a cool topic there. Your kids train uh, boxing, mm-hmm. then I'm guessing mm-hmm. they're, they're they're actually not allowed. They all want to be boxers, you know. But they're not. Uh, we only have one son, but he um, he's turning five, and he want he of course wants to be a boxer, and for sure. And tell he wants to bring me in my medals and belts and stuff, and pretty That's cute. Awesome. It's pretty That's cute, awesome. but he just joined karate um, okay. because the problem with boxing at a young age, he's going to want to fight. And I, I, I know too well, you know, the head injuries and the and the issues and the and the want and the will to win and to keep going through all that. So, um, so yeah, but there 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 aren't too many. There are no bullies in our neighborhood and and <laughs> and our kids' school. They uh, there's not too many bullies. What around style there of karate did you put him into? I don't even know, actually. His dad put him in um, 
Uh, yesterday was his first yeah, class. So do you know? Yeah, or? today was his first day. No, I don't. It's just karate. The K one or the S one? K. K. Oh. The, yeah. the boxing style. Mm-hmm. That worked out well yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But, the for, but for Ollie Moore, it's about um, just learning the discipline. Um, right. He, he's, a, he's a wild little fella. <laughs> a, a little boy full of testosterone. But um, it was more about the discipline. And actually, I grew up um, doing Taekwondo. Um, my dad actually fought competitively with Taekwondo as oh, well. Cool. He's yeah. a three-tier black belt, by the way. So yeah, I, so I, I stay in line when I talk to him. <laughs> um, just keep your so eyes down. That's right. Look down, look down. Uh, He's but never going to punch you in the face, I guarantee no. it. Yeah, yeah, no. If he does, it'll be coming from his waist. So yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> keep right. your eyes down. Keep You'll be it, good. Keep, keep, keep an eye on that. Um, so for us, too, it was nice for Ollie to do um, martial arts. And um, and so that's where we've kind of, we're hoping he'll get into that a little bit more and, and less into being gung-ho on boxing. Right. Because um, he definitely is. He's just in awe and with the bags there and... And then having older sisters, you know, he thinks it's fun to try and use his older sisters as punching bags. Punching yeah. bags. And so we're trying to teach that. Um, so, uh, yeah, but it's great. It is, it is, we love it. We love when our garage is full of all the kids and they're, you know, doing their push-ups and punching the bag and, nice. you know, cheering each other on. And it's, it's amazing. As ironic as it is, I think martial arts with kids is probably one of the best ways to eliminate bullying. It is. Yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. Bullying is, it's a team thing. It's like you were saying earlier, you can go smash somebody in the face and they're probably your best friend now afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, you know, Chad, you mentioned you get in a street fight with somebody and you're probably going to be best friends by the end of it or go to jail. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and honestly, until I was But your best friends will bail you out of jail, just saying. Yeah. Until I was about <laughs> nine years old or maybe ten years old, I thought that's how you made friends. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, oh, we, absolutely. We, we moved a lot. I went to, I think, 14 different schools before I went to high school. Oh, wow. Um, so my parents moved around. I was always the new kid. I was always the smallest kid. And it just seemed like, you know, when you're the new tiny kid coming in the middle of the year, some bully looks at you and goes, hey, I want that one. And then I get into a fight, and then I'd be good friends with the guy for oh, the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, you just got to break his nose once, and then he'll be your friend. That's yeah. it, yeah. I thought yeah. I thought that's how you make friends. And good thing I got out of me before I became an adult. <laughs> hey, I like you. Bash. Bash. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of kids that go into it for discipline. Um, I yeah. actually put my daughter into it because she's incredibly shy. And awesome. in the same class, they would be lifting kids up that were too shy to to be a part of it at the yeah. same time lowering kids down that were just bouncing off the walls and it's yeah. really an amazing skill to be a, a children's martial art instructor mm-hmm. yeah. what I would say is to any parent is is uh, find your kids um, sport and 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 let them go with that because it'll build confidence oh yeah. for don't, sure don't don't I don't believe in forcing your kids um, to to do a sport but if they find what they love and they're passionate about it it'll build their confidence naturally and it'll be a skill that they need That'll take them through life to the yeah, top. Unfortunately, my daughter decided it wasn't her passion and That's gymnastics okay. was. So she yeah. does that now, um, yeah. although she's not dating until she belts in jujitsu. <laughs> oh, I like so that really. Good, kind good, of, good yeah. deal there. Good yeah. deal, Dad. Yeah. Well, you know, my blue belt, brown belt, what does she got to get? Uh, she needs to be able to kill from the guard. I don't really care. Okay, blue belt. <laughs> Whatever uh, belt that is, yeah. just do it. <laughs> uh, you know, Floyd wanted to put me in ballet and dance lessons because when I first started boxing, my footwork was pretty terrible. So, um, but it, yeah, I it, never, I never did. I didn't fit in the dress. So. Was it Golovkin yeah. that his dad pulled him out of uh, boxing for five years yeah. and made him do is, Ukrainian yeah. dance? V- Vassal mm-hmm. Lomachenko is the best footwork boxer I've ever seen, and yeah. he is. Um, he's the guy I was telling you about the bump, the secret move. Yeah. Uh, well, not not so secret anymore, but. Yeah. Um, he he was in dance lessons his whole Ballet. boxing career. Yeah. Ballet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, learn something new. I love watching the guys from Bang Muay Thai. Their footwork, TJ Dillashaw and those guys, they are just 
unfreaking believable. I mean, they're little guys too, right? They're not 205ers bouncing around the ring, although they've got some pretty good footwork on those guys well, as well. Dwayne Ludwig, their trainer, we've actually trained with them down in L.A. and or, uh, California. Yeah. California, yeah. Uh, just outside of L.A. And uh, Dwayne Ludwig, he's a, he's a beast. He's an amazing trainer. Yeah, so. well, yeah. and training under Boss Rutten, that's another amazing guy to come from. Yeah. So enthusiastic. Yeah. You guys brought it up. Let's nerd out. Um, so Floyd Floyd Senior is one of my favorite boxers for the mm-hmm. fact that he does the I guess they call it the sword and shield half stance. I don't know if that makes sense. Where you kind of you're a lot more angular in your stance, and you'll have your rear hand up at your face, your left yeah. hand or your front hand down at your wa- uh, down. Sorry, your rear way. hand at your face, lower hand at your waist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, very, a reason for it. So yeah. it's, it's it's actually the reason that Juniors undefeated and been so successful successful he's the best defensive fighter i've ever met and trained with but, i think that's pretty much but yeah, um yeah. all I, I i'm sworn to secrecy on on uh, the details of the move but it's called oh, the shoulder no. roll yeah. yeah so you know i could show you some videos of me punching floyd um over and over again and him blocking the shots with his shoulder his, his hands are down he's got no gloves on and he will block him with his shoulder. So you How don't actually. How annoying is that? The, the secret <laughs> is is you don't actually need to um, cover your full face. And and in boxing you can't. If you're if you're if your hands are too high to cover your full face or your head, you're going to get a body shot, which is actually uh, to me it's about ten times worse than a headshot. So um, yeah. So you want you want to be able to use anything you can up top um, without putting your hands up high. So you don't want to hold your hands too low. Um, and be open, but uh, if if you can if you can master the shoulder roll, then you'll have an, a defense in your rolodex like crazy. Yeah. Now, I've never seen anybody master the shoulder roll, um, switching stances, going from orthodox right. to southpaw, yeah. and that would be the ultimate. I mean, and if somebody could do that, that would be the ultimate defense move. But um, but yeah, so I mean, if you watch Floyd Jun- Floyd Mayweather Jr. fight, a lot of his punches. Uh, it'll look like the guy's loading up and he's landed something, but he actually doesn't land it. If you get a close-up shot of it, he's actually tucked his chin in his shoulder and he's bounced it off. So the punch... And you're talking about the, the just for visuals here, the lead shoulder would be tucked. Yeah, the, 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 the lead shoulder. Yeah. So the punch actually hits his face, but it's absorbed by his shoulder. So it's actually, instead of 100%, it might be 20 to 30%. And you can take those all day like long. Like a ricochet, a ricochet sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you could... Like as a boxer, you can take those all day long. You want to avoid the big, the big, you know, the money shots. So he, uh, that's his dad taught him that. He's taught me that as well. Um, and Junior is, you know, obviously much better than me at it. But it's a, uh, it's a move he's mastered since he was a kid. Right. Nice, yeah. It's actually it's interesting. I was just watching a video um, on Bruce Lee techniques where he does uh, a similar idea where you'd have the front uh, tucked under your shoulder. And to switch to your rear, you actually switch your stance and step backwards mm-hmm. into southpaw. Um, huge amount of hip movement to do that. And I don't know how quickly you can, I've tried it, and that seems to be where you stumble, is it's really hard to throw the torque of your body quick enough to respond to that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I could definitely see how that'd be really tricky to try and roll under your rear side from uh, that effective stance. It, it takes a lot of confidence, though, too, to actually do it because you are taking the shot, so you got to know your opponent. I've done a lot in sparring and whatnot, so when I know my sparring partner very well, I know how hard the shots are going to be. So in a fight, I I don't use it a lot in a fight. I haven't because I'm more confident just the way I was with with my my style. Which um, that one is a you know a move I I would use if I was in trouble. Right. But um, yeah, I've never had to really um, bounce a lot of shots off like that. But Junior Floyd Junior will. 
do it all day long because he's confident. He's much more confident and generally knows his opponents and whatnot. So, so uh, to get back a little bit to you retiring, what was the the decision like? Because I know a lot of fighters have a difficult time letting go of that uh, adrenaline rush, that excitement. Still that, does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can imagine that getting away from training for the last year and a half for me has even been difficult, but we've been growing a bunch of stuff, and there just wasn't time. And, and my friends will attest they're bugging me all the time to get back to it, and that's everything in the back of we my mind. We actually have one just... of our friends sitting on the couch right now waiting to do pad works once we're done. Pretty much all of my friends are in martial arts or boxing, or, or they've done something in the past. And so I know that, that feeling deep down inside that you just you want to get back in the ring again. You want to... The, I don't think fighters ever think about long-term that every time I get hit in the head, it's taking a little bit away from me. And I, I understand the science behind that, but how do you mentally get past that and go, you know what, This I, I know that this isn't a lifetime career for me. I've accomplished what I wanted to, and now I'm going to go after the other big stuff. Well, I traded in the ring for the one on her finger, <laughs> and so now if I didn't have such a perfect wife, I'd probably have a lot harder time with it. But And, and we have Althedub, so it's it's I get to channel my my energy through there. So I'm still tied into that world and connected to everybody through um, sports media and athlete hub. And um, yeah, but I, every day, um, if you, if, if I got offered a fight, I mean, I would, I would like, I personally want to take it. I just know that I can't. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm actually. Was it due to injury that you guys made that decision or was like, you know what, we've reached the the highest level. We're good. We're going to. He wanted to continue to be honest. And um, for me watching, um, what he took on his last fight, on his WBC fight, yeah. um, and then just the repercussions of what happened just over the time of sparring and taking the shots to the head and what have you. It came to a point for for me where I just more sat down with, with Jay and just said, listen, like we have our family. We have five kids combined. Um, we have Athlete Hub, which we've worked this last year to to create, um, taking one more shot literally could change your life. Right. Um, look at how many shots you've taken thus far and what it, how you're feeling now. Do you, Is it really worth the risk? So was there some real symptoms, some real, yes. you felt something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I, I've never, ever had depression in my life. I yeah. mean, and, and definitely now I have nothing to be depressed about. Yeah. But I literally um, couldn't figure out what was wrong. Yeah. So Candace was like, well, we got to go to the doctor. So... Um, yeah, so I got, you know, I tried different medication and whatnot for depression yeah. of all things. And, and it's, it's a hundred percent from my boxing career. Yeah. Um, I'm CTE, also doing, that's very, that's yeah. the, the biggest, um, symptom of CTE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also doing a, a brain therapy that actually we, um, we've partnered with the company on athlete hub and then taking them on. So I'm doing a, I have a special diet, a different breakfast every morning and I have to do some certain things that uh, are supposed to. Have you uh, heard the studies that Paul Stamets was doing on reversing brain trauma with uh, um, uh, lion's mane mushroom, I think it is, and high doses of uh, niacin? Mm -hmm. You guys have read that stuff? Mm -hmm. Part of, um, we work with a company, um, they're partners with us, and they're called CapCorp. And they've actually developed um, a diet routine, um, just kind of day-to-day things that you need to do to help your brain regenerate at the fastest possible pace. Um, And it is all dependent on um, what kind of brain 
damage you have okay um and how many concussions you've had um they actually have a um patent program that you have to go through where they can get very specific details as far as what your brain needs where the damage is and how to rehabilitate it um and so jay uh fortunately has done that um and he and he's feeling a lot better um, but there, there was a period of time where it, it definitely, it wasn't himself and, and it, it does happen. You hear about it a lot. Um, just a little, you know, more about just the, the depression, the, you know, almost like you had said, like the emotional rage kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it, it happens and it, it's not just from brain injury, but you're also used to being on top of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? That attention as an athlete, um, you're coming off of that as well. And then you throw in some, um, you know, brain injury and it, it's a lot harder. And I think that's where a lot of athletes actually struggle coming out of being a professional athlete is all of a sudden you're not that anymore. That was your identity for yeah. so long. Now what are you? Well, it's a crazy drug, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like most drugs are going <clears> to <throat> work on one mechanism. Whereas you think about fighting, especially at a high level, there's so many things you're getting rewarded for. And it's like you were saying, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? Absolutely. It's totally worth it. And that was his response, just so you know. You're asking, you're essentially asking a drug addict though, is it worth it to do drugs? Absolutely it is. Do you have any idea how awesome this is? Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was hard for, for me, obviously making that, making that call and kind of being that wife because, um, I fell in love with Jay as a boxer and, uh, I spend a lot of time in sweaty gyms. Um, watching him train and, and well, at that time too, I was developing athlete hubs. So I was getting to talk to all the athletes and, and find out kind of more and more what's missing. But, um, I, I know the love that he has for boxing and and being a fighter, the training, the whole piece. Um, so it, it it was hard to ask uh, to be honest. And I, but I did, I was the one that asked him to retire. It's very, it's very commendable (laughs) that you recognized your own symptoms and he listened to your wife because a lot of fighters don't, a lot of professional athletes. So you look at what's happening in the NFL and, uh, the abuse and the emotional outrage and, you know, they're blaming it on culture and stuff that, but it's a hundred percent that they're getting into 50 car accidents in a, in a match, right. That, uh, um, so good on you for listening. It's important that, you know, no matter where you are in the world, being, you know, the champion, the, 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 the king of the hill, that uh, you're still listening to your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that said, do you still spar? Um, <laughs> we got a set of gloves in the garage. I actually, <laughs> I, actually uh, I, I said I'm undefeated as a pro, but I actually have been defeated but it, by a girl and uh, my wife. So she, we, spar, we, sp- on we spar in the garage. And so I like to, I like to stay in boxing and keep like moving, practicing my movement and defense. So I, um, she'll, she'll, she'll spar 10, 12 rounds with me wow. and she can, she'll throw whatever she wants. Um, punches at me and, and I just have to block him and move. Yeah. But, but, but I don't block them all. Every once in a while she connects and, you know, so. There's um, some excitement in getting hit, isn't there? <laughs> wrong place yeah. at the wrong time. I always yeah. know the next morning he'll wake up with a, so maybe just one more fight? <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah. So did you have a boxing background before, Jay? Um, I did box training, like conditioning and what have you. And I, I boxed a bit myself, but no, not ever professionally and not ever seriously. But I, um, through 
through meeting Jay, actually, we, he did teach me a lot more and, and then just being in the boxing gyms, of course, um, some of the best in the the world, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you pick up on a lot and learn a lot and, uh, I, I love it personally. I absolutely love it, but uh, I would never be a professional boxer. (laughs) I, I, uh, I used to teach a self-defense class here in Airdrie and part of it was boxing. We had this uh, RCMP officer come in with his wife to, I think, see the program and see what's going on. And we were doing just some jab drills and, you know, pairing and head movement and stuff like that. And he was jabbing on his wife and uh, hit her glove. Her glove hit the face. I swear we were that close to a divorce at that point. Oh, oh that's happened. <laughs> I've had I've had the, the the accidental glove in the face right across the bridge of my nose, eyes yeah. watering, you know, or in the lip. <laughs> um, but fortunately for 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 us, yeah, n- no divorce. It, it just amps us both up a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> it gets yeah. a little bit more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> we had lots of girls in the self defense course, and you would, uh, you know, y- y- I never believed in treating girls differently um, in the class. If they were there to spar, they were there to spar. You're just not gonna girls are mean <laughs> girls are <laughs> and believe it or not they can generate a lot of power with those tiny little hands so uh, when you're getting tagged uh, and sometimes as a coach you sort of let some through so they know what that feeling's like that they can go after right when they when you land that big right hand it's like that that tink that the golf ball makes when you hit it you're like oh i want to do that again <laughs> so, so yeah on that note i mean i gotta give a shout out to our good friends at rumble boxing actually we helped them i was one of their first ambassadors but if you guys, like anybody out there that wants to uh, to try um, you know, boxing or whatever, it's more like a box fit class. You get nice. to go throw some punches on the bag, yeah. teach you the basics and whatnot. Now, there's several others out there, too, as well. There's some kickboxing ones and whatnot, too. White collar here in town, nine yeah. round. There, yeah. There's quite a few of them coming yeah. up in, uh, right now. Yeah. It's And it's, a, it's such a fun sport. It really is. And the cardio you get from doing uh, boxing. There is no workout like a boxing workout. Yeah. I'll say that for sure. The only yeah, thing, that, being that I've done MMA uh, both sides, I say the only thing that's more difficult is definitely the jiu-jitsu you get a black belt or a brown belt sitting on top of you for 15 minutes you think you got a car parked on you (laughs) try pushing that around for a while but boxing is phenomenal yeah yeah it's intense Cool. Well, we're sitting, uh, I think, near uh, the hour end, and uh, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say thanks, guys. This is this has been awesome. Thanks uh, for having us. Have, have you guys come back on again and nerd out about uh, well, all the gear and the technique? Yes, and, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we actually want to introduce you to the founder of Infinite Journey. He's a great guy, Curtis Jordan. Yes. Um, he was he was going to join us today, but he's uh, he's in the in the states. Okay. Uh, so yeah, if you if you want to do another episode on that it's 100%. part of Alfie Dub but it's a it's a, an amazing story and an amazing product where can we find him there there's being launched October 2nd yep. for his yeah yep. for infinite yep. off of the athlete hub app you bet yep. correct right. yeah, yeah. so just just go to the Google Play or the App Store and download the app and you can uh, link on to infinite journey as well perfect Check any other social media stuff you want people to know about no, we're, we're super excited to be launching all sports. So right now, when you do log on to Athlete Hub, it is combat sports. Yeah. Uh, fitness will be coming in the next month. And then just keep in mind and watch out for all the remaining sports being added. We're super excited. And one awesome. of the things, one of the reasons we uh, created Athlete Hub is to help people. And, and a lot of athletes, you know, need help too. So um, if there's any smaller brands out there and you want to get, uh, you want, you need some help marketing and whatnot, um, you know, send us a send us a message, or you can go on Athidub and and actually link up to myself or or Candice, and uh, you can send me me a direct message, and and we will promote your brand if it's if it's something sports you need a little help, and you know, and we love it. Um, we're passionate about about helping people, so 
Uh, and we'd we'll f- uh, love your feedback. Perfect. We have our clothing brand that uh, as soon as we get some free time from our regular jobs, we're going to be launching on Athlete Hub as well. So we're super excited for that. And thank you guys. Can't wait. It's very nice. You got to check it out. So Awesome. And this is uh, Chad and Mark with I Want to Know. And you guys have a good day and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.